Have you noticed a difference in your pupil or children's behaviour since the pandemic? If so, you're not alone. The Alos for Life Schools programme is a primary school wellbeing programme which teaches kids from third to sixth class the tools to manage their own minds at a very young age. Something I'm sure we all could have done with when we were in school. It's a free programme for schools to use and it's Alos for Life's mission to reach every child in Ireland with it. The programme is designed to equip children with the tools and skills to navigate the ups and downs of life by building emotional resilience, emotional literacy and emotional awareness. All you need is a screen, audio speakers and an internet connection. For more information on the Alust for Life Schools programme, you can visit the Alust for Life website or email the team directly at alflschools at alustforlife.com. If you would like to provide future generations in Ireland with the resources to be effective guardians of their own minds, then the Alust for Life Schools programme is for you. And welcome to the Loaf of Bread GA podcast, slicing into the GA of the past, present, and future. Join me, Jason Keelan, as we cut into the largest loaf of bread known to mankind. Hello, Diagwitch, Bonjour, Nihao, Konnichiwa, Guten Tag, and Privyat to you all, wherever you're listening in. What started as a message to 10 clubs has now expanded to more than 50 clubs globally from all continents. The journey through Loaf 2 GA Global continues this week as we move on to our next destination, the GA World. So come with me on the GA journey of a lifetime and meet clubs from Canada to Argentina, South Africa to Gibraltar, Bermuda to the North Pole, New Zealand to Kuwait, Knoxville to Qatar and literally everywhere in between. So grab the passports, grab the bags, it's time to go. It's a special slice this Saturday, as I meet with two amazing sisters, Moira Dunn, founder of BeProductive.ie, and RT newsreader and well-known face Eileen Dunn, as we chat about what is sure to be one of the great GA treasures, their new book, All-Star Gazing, 50 Years of the All-Stars. We chat about the legacy of their father Mick, a GA journalist and correspondent and co-founder of the award ceremony, the incredible array of historical GA records he kept, all-star experiences and tasty desserts, links to Westmeath, special chats with the Bonners, Eddie Kerr and others, the All-Star Toronto Ring, and whether we will see Brian Dobson and co promoting the book on the 6 o'clock news. A wonderful chat about a book which will capture the hearts and minds of any GA fan of all ages. But first, as is tradition, let's have a quick step back and have a look at the GA All-Stars. Bon Sultos. The annual tradition of the GEA All-Star Awards reached their half-century birthday this year, and to celebrate, it's the launch of the amazing new All-Star Gazing by well-known sisters Eileen and Moira Dunn. It was their father Mick Dunn, a well-respected GEA correspondent and journalist at the time, whose perseverance and enthusiasm helped mould the beginnings of what would become a key event in the GEA calendar. Alongside the likes of Paddy Downey, Paddy Purcell and John D. Hickey, the quartet began a GA institution, but it wasn't all plain sailing. The famous band still existed in the GA, or Rule 27 as it was known. No promotion of foreign sports, essentially. Nowadays, while scouts might attend games for the benefit of finding new talents, 
In the past they were there to ensure that anyone playing these foreign sports were called out and banned. And what about the sponsors? PJ Carroll was approached by Dunn and others to consider helping get the idea off the ground. Carroll's, a cigarette company, sponsoring an event which highlighted the athletic capabilities of some of Ireland's finest. It's like having McDonald's sponsor a weight loss clinic. But at the time, smoking was still glamorised in Ireland and the sponsorship drew no attention. Since then, the events have grown and grown. From the original first All-Star winner, Offaly's Damien Martin, right through to the soon-to-be All-Stars of 2021, there have been more than 800 recipients. Incredibly, Eileen and Maura met with almost a quarter of them face-to-face, and more again over Zoom when Covid arrived. The stories, the nostalgia, the reminiscing, particularly for those in the early days of the awards, is as valuable to the recipients in terms of positive thinking and mental health as it is to Eileen and Moira for the book. The first team in 1971 in football was represented by nine counties, something which has never happened since and is well explained in the chat by Eileen. I was fortunate to go to the All-Stars twice. Anyone who knows me knows it is absolutely not my GAA skills which brought me there. But the crack was mighty. In 2012, the Sam Maguire went back to the hills of Donegal and the atmosphere was electric. Liam had gone to Kilkenny after a replay against Galway. Getting to chat to Michael Murphy, Jim McGuinness, Shefflin and co was incredible. Watching Paul Collins trying to sing was even funnier. In 2013 the atmosphere was equally amazing and vibrant, after the dubs had beaten Mayo by a single point. While it was great to meet Cluxton, McCarthy etc, for me it was a chance to meet some other legends who I admired, namely the O'Shea's. Tomas and Mark couldn't have been sounder. Of course it was handy my workmate from Kerry was there with me. My brother and James O'Donoghue became friends for a while and we captured the moment in photo when Marty Morrissey realised my workmate was a Murray of the musical greats from Tralee. The look on his face was amazing. But the humble nature of the GA was summed up when I chatted to a young hurler named Shane O'Donnell. Shane was named in the starting lineup for Clare in the All-Ireland final replay against Cork several weeks before. A nipper by all accounts, a newbie. In many people's eyes he didn't belong in the starting 15. 19 minutes into the replay, and O'Donnell had a hat-trick. He finished with 3-3 that day, and a Man of the Match award that night. At the All-Stars, when I said well done, and asked him for a photo, he couldn't have been nicer. It was as if we knew each other. When I asked him what it was like to be part of that team, his reaction in the most genuine way was, why am I here at the All-Stars? The man had turned the game on its head, but yet he still felt as if he wasn't befitting of the event in question. Humble. What Eileen and Moira have achieved, through the record-keeping prowess of their late father, is to continue a journey he and others began more than half a century ago, and to ensure that the GEA All-Star train will continue for many years to come. The historical evidence, alone, in this book, is a dream for any GEA fan of any age, and will no doubt be something the 2021 All-Stars will look back on when version 2 of the Century of All-Stars comes out in 2071. But for now, have a listen in as Eileen and Moira Dunn take us through the story of the GAA All-Stars and their new book, All-Star Gazing. Hello, Moira. Hi, Jason. Hello, Eileen. How are you? Good. Good. Great. You can both hear me okay, can you? Is Moira there too, yeah? Yeah, she is, yep. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully she is, yep. Uh, how are you both? We're good. We're exhausted, but we're good. <laughs> yeah, it's good, yes. Um, 
and the book is going well so far for you, is it? So far, so good, yeah. Well, it's only just really hitting the shops this week, so. Yeah, oh, that's good, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no harm, that's a good start. Um, I suppose I won't keep either of you too long because I know you're both giving up uh, giving up your time, but um, it's amazing to talk okay. to talk to both of you. Um, and I've, I suppose the first place I have to kind of start is... Um, the, the Westmead links. Uh, I was kind of wondering, I suppose, first of all, I was like, why are Eileen Amora writing about the All-Stars? And then I did a bit of research and discovered your father, then Mick was, I suppose, in some ways responsible for a lot of the All-Stars. But there's also a big Westmead link with the Fox family, who everyone in this part of the world knows. Uh, yeah, uh, our mom is from Delvin, so uh, she's a sister of Paddy Fox, the patriarch of that family. <laughs> so uh, Martin, Patrick, Bernadette, I list all nine of them. They're all <laughs> our cousins. Fox's fruit and veg. They're all our cousins. Um, and we're actually, we, we would be very close to them. So okay. uh, we're up and down a fair bit, yeah. That's class. Yeah, my wife is actually a teacher in Delvin, which is which is funny. As soon as you said uh, the foxes, I went, oh, yeah, I know them well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Um, and then your father, um, I suppose it wouldn't be unfair to say that he was essentially kind of the founder in some ways or co-founder of the, the All-Star Awards. He was the co-founder with three other journalists, Paddy Downey, mm. John D. Hickey and Porik Pershale. Um, and it was, but I suppose Daddy got the idea of traveling in the states himself, where he would see all-star teams being recognized and players being recognized. And they had the idea for a long time during the '60s. They tried to get it up and running a couple of times, mm. but couldn't get continuous sponsorship. Ended up doing it themselves one year, so that really wasn't sustainable. But they never gave up on it, and they got an opportunity in April 1971. They were at a sevens match that was being a sevens tournament in Belfield that was being run by the late Eugene McGee. And it was being sponsored by Carol's, whose PRO was Pat Heenahan. And mm. they approached Pat with their idea and he jumped at it immediately. And the rest is history. Yeah, uh, I was reading a little bit about um, the Carol sponsorship and I kind of it struck me, I suppose I was like, it's very unusual to have had a cigarette company sponsor in such a and athletic awards in some ways, but I think times were a bit different back then. Would that be fair to say? Totally, yeah. Is is Myra there? She is, yeah. yeah. She has arrived, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so totally, yeah. And I mean, there's stories of, of uh, the flights, you know, where they were dishing out free cigarettes and somebody <laughs> yeah. else was coming from Offaly with Tullamore Jew whiskey and Irish mist. And no, just such so different. The times were so different, yeah. And the way that they um, squared it with the GA was that it was the journalists who were being sponsored to run the scheme in those early years. So the GA were happy that it wasn't players who were receiving direct sponsorships. So that's how they kind of got around that. Okay. Um, and the original All Stars 1971, I'm right in saying it was an awfully man who received the first. Damien Martin was the first All Star, if I remember. Yeah. Uh, what about the contact with with the the players from the past? Was it difficult to get in touch with some? Were they fairly happy to chat? Everyone was absolutely delighted to be part of it. We had no problem um, and making contact with people and everyone we approached. Um, got involved pretty much I mean some people just weren't able to make the meetings and then we were very lucky we um had about 95 percent of it done before COVID so then we could finish off the last few via Zoom 
we had we had started at the beginning. We did it chronologically. So luckily, we had the meetings maybe with the older players done in those early couple of years. So then, the ones that we had to finish off on the pandemic during the pandemic, they were the younger players, so they were comfortable mm. doing things online. Okay. Um, do you see the book? Because the first thing that struck me about the book was I've I've written history books for primary schools um, that are out this year. So there's a lot of fifth and sixth class kids around Ireland sort of looking at it as history. To me, that book is something that I think the GA and the GA community will see as a resource and something that becomes invaluable over the next decades and centuries because they look back on it. Did you see that as part of it or was it preferably just, you know, looking back on the past as opposed to what this could do in the future? No, very much so. And so do the GAA. um, Mm. And it was Alan Milton, actually, who suggested originally that we include all the nominees because they had never been published Mm. anywhere before. So, um, yeah, it's as much, uh, apart from being a sporting history, I think it's as much a social history as a sporting history. Okay. Um, I know, Eileen, you yourself have been involved in some of the great, um, I suppose, Irish history moments um, from the news and all that. Did you ever, either of you ever attend the All-Stars in person? And what was the experience like if either of you got to them? Well, we did uh, over, over several years. But we used to go as guests as da- of dads, but also yeah. in the late 80s and early 90s, I used to emcee the banquet for the Bank of Ireland. They were sponsors at the time. Mm. I wouldn't appear on the television broadcast, but I'd be the in-house emcee. So I was there for a number of years. So I've met, a, I know a lot of these guys before we went out to interview them this time. Okay, and Maura, what about you? Yes, so we, you know, um, our memories as kids was, I suppose, um, mum and dad going to the banquet and this incredibly glamorous night and them getting all ready and the black tie and everything and then coming back and the next day there'd be all the little gifts that would have been laid out on, on the tables for all the attendees, you know, that we just thought was amazing as young kids. But then as we grew up and got into our 20s, we were able to go along as well. And that was fantastic. And I lived in the UK for nearly 10 years in the 80s and 90s. And I very often used to come back for the banquet if we were able to go along. So, yeah, they were very special nights for us. And um, then we went recently, I think we went 2015 and then 18 again. And while the event is so much bigger now, there's close to 1500 um, we're going, you know, up to COVID compared to say a very select about 500 in the Mm. early days it still has a very similar atmosphere it's just such a relaxed friendly you know you have the formalities but then people just want to keep mixing all evening and you're spotting people at different tables and you know it's just it's a really lovely atmosphere yeah i was at the 2012 and 13 ones um not for any form of playing skills in the ga whatsoever my sister-in-law is the insurance manager in crow park so that's right. how I ended up uh, yeah. going a couple of times. But yeah, I get the, the relaxed atmosphere, certainly. Isn't it lovely, um, yeah. Yeah. I saw your picture of the dessert. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah, um, that was a standout highlight for me. Yeah, um, I would have been the for, same. I would have been totally yeah. excited about that. I was very excited yeah. about the fact that the label, the GA All-Stars label, yeah. was actually edible. That was a, a massive highlight for me. Like so. I'm eating the GA. Yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> um, did you find a lot of, like, one picture that struck me, as was the history part as well. One picture struck me in your book was Aidan O'Shea looking at the 19th 1971 all-star team like that photo I could take that photo and sell it to schools as a way of teaching kids how to observe history did you find that a lot of players were kind of struck by the the past in some ways 
It's, it's, it's interesting, Jason, that you picked up on that because it is a real theme. As I said, we started with the older players and, and we kind of knew that they'd probably be delighted to be involved and they'd have great memories of the All-Stars. But then we weren't sure as it came towards the modern players if it meant as much to them nowadays because there's so much else going on. But what really struck us was that, that the importance to them is that they're kind of being added to this role of honour that's developed over 50 years, you know, so if you're Aidan O'Shea and you're looking at the list of all the Mayo All-Stars, then you're, you're seeing yourself in the middle of that and, and you're delighted to join those legendary names. And um, that was really significant with all the younger players that it's kind of joining those really special players. Um, and then, of course, looking back, I mean, he was fascinated looking at the first team. His dad is from Kerry, so he's grown yeah. up listening to the dad quoting, you know, this guy's won so many All-Irelands and so many All-Stars. So that's just part of their their discussion points, you know, so he he loved that. But he also raised a really interesting point looking at the Mayo list of All-Stars. He was really proud that so many of the current team that he's played with have kind of boosted the numbers of the number of All-Stars Mayo have. Um, so, you know, in recent times, that number's jumped up and that's due to the team that he's in. So he kind of was really proud of that as well, you know, that it's not just about the legends, it's that they've, the current players have really added to that history. So yeah. that meant a lot. That's good, Jess. Um, your father, I suppose, I I put my hand up and said I didn't know a whole lot about your father um, until very recently when I saw the book advertised, I said, I'm, I'm dying to find out more. And when I went looking to him, obviously I've now discovered that he was one of the most respected human beings in the country at one point. And one thing I suppose that I started to do over the last few months is try and link a lot of the GA clubs around the world together and bring them a bit closer to home. And your father was huge for doing that, which I didn't realize, like the picture in the book of him um, in San Francisco in the Balboa press box and all this. Um, did he speak much, Eileen, about the, the GA kind of globally to you guys? Um, I think, I mean, I don't think there was the push then as there is now to spread the GA globally. Mm. It was more about the Irish communities that were in those places and uh, Irish centres. And um, when the first trip went to San Francisco in 1972, there hadn't been a full tour to the West Coast before. Teams had gone and played on the East Coast and they used to have the Cardinal Cushing Games in Boston during the 60s. Uh, league finals were played in New York, but they hadn't really gone to the West Coast. In 1971, a smaller party, just footballers from maybe the Kerrys and the Galways and the counties that would be hugely represented in the States, they went out, but it wasn't a full tour. But the reaction to that trip was so good that mm. when they started thinking about an all-star tour, then San Francisco was chosen. And it just meant so much to the Irish diaspora over there. And that's what's happening now with the new diaspora. The focus now is on places like Dubai. And, you know, but that wasn't <laughs> the case in Dad's day. Maybe when the international rules started and they went to Australia, I remember him going on the first international rules trip and wow. he came home to, just as excited about mm it as he would have been about any of the American trips, but there was no focus then on sort of the Middle East and that because there wasn't an Irish presence there at the time. Yeah, um, it's something I funny you mentioned the Middle East. They're the only set of clubs, I think, in the entire world that I've talked out of about 80 clubs that they're essentially Irish. There is very little um, players from abroad on it. But yeah, I, I well, it was one of my favourite parts, funny enough, was actually reading about your dad's sort of trips and particularly the the real evidence that you guys have like for I know I keep coming back to history park but for like a teacher or anybody the stuff you have in it is utterly invaluable like the book in itself regardless of whether you want to look at the pictures of the all-stars and read what the players said you've got yeah 
potentially one of the best history books of the modern time, I think, for sport in many ways. Would would you say that's fair, Maura? Well, yeah, he he was secretary right. of the scheme, so he kept all these files and he was meticulous in mm. his record keeping. And his major records are in the GA Museum anyway. But mm. this was something that Myra discovered that we didn't even realise we had. So let her take up the story from yeah. there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to get that feedback, Jason. And that's been the reaction over the last week, because really it's only in the last week people have started seeing it. Um, and certainly Kean Murphy, who's on the GA History Committee, um, has given us a similar reaction. He said it's it's a it's just a really important um part of, of GA history now. And also the president said that as well. Um, yeah, as, as we were kind of going through those records when we discovered them initially, it was like, oh, let's write a book to mark the 50 years and maybe we'll just talk about each year and give the stats and, you know, make it a kind of a definitive reference book. But then as we started going through all the material and looking into the tours and then talking to players and see how much it meant to them. And then it was like, okay, well, let's really look at, you know, how it all did happen and, and what was the world like in 1971? I mean, the thing that struck me was, that they got the approval to set up this very glamorous scheme and and to have these tours something so incredibly exciting just a few months after the ga had lifted the ban on on foreign players you know playing playing ga or even attending um other kinds of codes of of sport so you know that kind of you know positions it that it was you know it was a very still a very traditional association at that time but yet these journalists got the association to agree to this very glamorous scheme so that really fascinated me and then obviously as we started pulling all the information together you realized yeah there's a lot of useful historical stuff here so then it was just about doing it but now that it's all together I'm just delighted that it is all in one place and it now is being viewed as a reference document. And as you say, you know, from your teaching perspective, you, you can see people accessing it over the years. So and it's, you know, it's by no means, you know, the definitive. There'll be facts and figures that people will have that, you know, we welcome them to tell us. And we've got a website, allstargazing.com. We're going to get a section on that in time where people can, you know, submit in their facts and figures and we'll keep a listing and keep gathering information. And, and we'd look to, you know, keep updating it every few years as as that GAA, I suppose, um, chronicle comes together, you know? Yeah, that's a, a good, I was going to kind of say that to you because like uh, the potential to create like a, a living archive, as I would call yeah. it, is probably incredible because like even I think my standout memory from the 2013 and 2012 All-Stars is when Shane O'Donnell, who had just fired in a hat-trick in the All-Ireland final as this like unknown kid, mm -hmm. I met him at the All-Stars and I said, I was kind of nervous and I was like, you know, any chance of getting a photo? And his first response was, he was as nervous as I was. And he said to me, he was like, why, why am I here? Like it was totally lost on him. The fact that he was at the All-Stars, he was like this, you know, totally lost child in the middle of a sea yeah. of, of stars. But yet he was the center of attention. So it, it opens up a lot. And when I'd say he looks back, if he reads the book and he looks back and he'll think, God, you know, this is something I was part of as well. So yeah. open it up. Yeah, of course, I, I'll submit my photo of my dessert, which would be a highlight of any any All-Star <laughs> event as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and of course, there. the great thing is that it's a living scheme. I mean, the yeah. 51st All-Star teams are just about to be announced in a few weeks' yeah. time. So every year, there's going to be new stats. And, and that's the lovely thing. Every year, the, the teams are announced. You get all the journalists uh, analysing and rerunning their records. And this is the first person to do this. Or now we've got a father and son in the same position. You know, so yeah. there's always, it, it's it kind of um, 
gets an injection of life every year as the yeah. new stats come out and get added yeah. to the history. Yeah, something I suppose you mightn't think of, I suppose this is the real nerdy teacher in me, but one of the massive things in primary and secondary schools and even third level that's come out is, of course, the the importance of STEM, science, technology, engineering and maths. And one of the huge things that we're always looking for resources for is statistics for kids. And you've okay. essentially put together a, a massive resource for any teachers listening because data you know interpreting data is a huge thing like even me the first the absolute nerd in me the first thing I did was I looked at the 1971 team and I went there's nine different counties represented on Mm. that team and I said as that happened since and when I flick back through it it's the only time it's happened in GA history so you know you've got so much there as well and and maybe on your own kind of thoughts the on the all-stars um like in recent times it's very much become dominated by a Dublin or Tyrone or whoever uh, have the all-stars changed in your in your time of going through it in that kind of sense that it's not maybe as spread out as it might have been in like the 70s or 80s even though they were dominated by Kerry etc you know they're not as spread out anymore would would you feel like that yeah I think um I think there was a conscious effort um mm. and there were so say somebody like Andy McCallan who was on that first team from mm. Antrim um but he played Railway Cup and the Railway Cups yeah. were very prominent at that time. So he played for Ulster alongside Sean O'Neill. And that's where he reckons he got the recognition on how he ended up on the All-Star team. Um, so, yeah, it, it, and a lot of people would say that, that it's now it's basically the four semi-finalists who dominate and probably the two finalists who, who dominate more than more than anything. But then that changes because, you know, if you read through our thing, we we're talking about Dublin catching up on Kerry in the last mm. number of years. But th- those statistics are not going to change very yeah. much this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and do you yourselves, I suppose, do you look at the all-Stars is a sense of kind of keeping your father's memory alive because it's something that's obviously going to continue as a fantastic tradition in the GA every year. Is it, is it, do you kind of look at it with a sense of our father did this, you know, in many ways, I know the Cucullin awards were kind of around, but our father yeah. essentially along with three others is responsible for this biggest event in the calendar outside the All-Ireland. Yeah. What was um, important to us was really, or important for us was to establish that it was four journalists who started the scheme mm. And, you know, to have that there. So obviously there was dad and, and the other three as well. Um, and as we were talking to people, um, some of the younger players, we had some of the records, we were showing them dad scrapbooks and stuff. And, you know, some of them were saying, oh, did your dad work for the GA? You know, because they didn't know that it was journalists who started it because I suppose the GA pr- pretty much run it now. They've adopted it yeah. and kept it going, really. But it was important to us to um, to have that written down, that it was the four journalists. So Corey Crochelle, Paddy Downey and John D. Hickey, as well as Dad. And I think even for the journalists today, that's nice as well, that it's established that it was very much a journalist scheme. So um, that that was the important thing, really. Obviously, it's lovely to show Dad's involvement and, and to just even not so much for keeping his memory alive, but just to have all those records um kind of all pulled together and collated that everybody can enjoy so they're not still sitting in that dusty box where you know they're just not being seen so we're really proud of that that other people can use them people can use them as a reference point and that would have given him the most pleasure it really Mm. would you know that that all that information that he kept and gathered that other people can use it he would be delighted with that yeah that's brilliant was there sorry i I just think he's done it himself 
if he was still around with the 50th anniversary. But I think it is also important, as Myra says, for today's journalists and to acknowledge the work that they put into it, because mm. obviously every time a team is produced, it's criticised by someone. Yep. But they do actually put an awful lot as selectors in over the year. They're, they're called upon a couple of times to submit lists and revise them. And then it comes to the actual selection process, which is happening around now. Yep. But any of them, and you know, particularly the guys say like Michael Lester and Martin Bretton, recently retired but they've been on those committees for over 30 years and it's been a big part of their lives too mm, that's fantastic yes is there this is kind of a, a random one but is there a a chat that you had with any all-star that you kind of went yeah I, I really thought that was you know a funny story or that was you know just brilliant to hear uh Moira was there anything that stood out for you out of any of the oh, hundreds of yeah. chats <laughs> where would you start honestly <laughs> nearly everyone was you know um just in different ways, you know. Um, I suppose some of the standout ones were where we might have got two or three All-Stars together. And yeah. then, you know, one memory would spark another person's memory and one guy would start telling a story and then someone else would take it up. And when we met the three Bonners, that was kind of an oh, epic brilliant. afternoon um, because they arrived with um, All-Star jackets and jumpers and obviously oh. their trophies and you know just so much memorabilia they had gone to the effort of digging it all out and bringing it and they had one of those rings that the teams the winners were given when the all-stars went to toronto and they played okay. in the sky i don't know if you got to that point in the book yet but um oh, yeah, so. <laughs> that was a tour that had a lot of um finance behind it a canadian businessman and um, put up a lot of money for that tour so that kind of brought things up to a new level and the winners of the exhibition match were given these massive gold rings with a ruby in it like you know the way the u.s Super Bowl. <laughs> these, yeah these winners yeah. rings and um you just because and we had heard you see that would happen somebody would mention something and we're going oh we didn't know about that somebody mentioned mm. a ring and we're like what are they talking about but then the bonners arrived with the ring so you're like oh that's the wow. ring so, so this was this was happening all the way along and um so that afternoon was brilliant because the three of them started telling stories and like one would be telling something and the other guy would be going i never knew that happened i'm learning things about those trips as well you know so um that was great fun. And then I'll always remember as well, we went to Kilkenny and we met Frank Cummins and Eddie Kerr and wow. Noel Ski. We met the three of them together. And uh, that was quite early on, actually. And, you know, just had a great time. And of course, they would have been very friendly with dad, you know, at the time mm -hmm. in, in their careers. But they were telling the stories. And then we were heading over the next day to Limerick to meet Pat Hartigan and Eamon Cregan. So we were kind of being given a message from Eddie Kerr to bring over <laughs> to Pat Hartigan, you know, crossing from one county to another. So that was really special. And, and I remember we kind of took the back roads from one county over to the other. Um, and I remember it, it was in my head that, you know, it was kind of following my dad's footsteps that he would have done that because he used to go off for um, he he ran this um, program, Gaelic Sport, was it Gaelic? What was it? The, the Saturday? Gaelic, Gaelic Stadium. Gaelic Stadium on a Saturday afternoon and before the All-Ireland Finals a couple of weeks beforehand he'd go off to both camps you know of the teams that were mm. in the finals and he'd go from one to the other and, and do interviews and everything so you really he was, the, he was the essential up for the match he was the original up for the match basically yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was on in the afternoon and um, before the 
the finals. So yeah, it was lovely to feel that you were kind of retracing the steps. But those stories were just great, you know. And and as as we said earlier, just the reception we got from people was was fantastic and and really encouraging when you're early on in a project. Sometimes you're thinking, are we daft? Why are we doing this? You know. Mm, but when yeah. you'd meet someone and you'd just get this energy from the interaction, and that would encourage you to to keep going. Then yeah, I think every yeah, person somebody- if they're sorry, I didn't go on it. Sorry, some of the older guys that you'd kind of contact them and they'd say, oh, I can't remember very much about that and I don't really know. And then you'd know that by the time they came to meet you, they had been reflecting on it, maybe talking about it. And they'd suddenly, you know, recall all these stories that they probably hadn't thought about themselves for years mm. and years, you know. So, yeah, yeah. There's, there's probably a part of I know, uh, Moira, you're involved in the, the wellness part would be productive. There's probably a sense in some ways that, like Eileen said, the, the maybe elderly people who were involved in the All Stars in the past or the slightly older generation that you opened up a side to the, the mental health of it that maybe was quite positive for them that they hadn't thought about. And as Eileen said, it could have been forever in many yeah. ways. It's it's interesting, Jason, because just as Eileen was saying that, that's what was running through my head, that they all kind of thanked us at the end mm. of those chats and said, you know, you've just brought up really happy memories. Mm. And and that that's the amazing thing about the book and the story is that it is such a positive story. And even like the front cover, you know, those pictures, everyone's smiling and so yeah. happy, you know, because they're at, at the banquets and it, it just brings up such positive feelings, which which is really nice. Yeah. And, and mm. I think for some of those older players as well, they really enjoyed that chance, even if we met them on their own or or with others, just to sit back and, and remember those times. And, you know, for some of them, it was remembering a time when they did get a lot of recognition and, and now the years have gone by and, and maybe that's disappeared. So they yeah. really enjoyed reflecting on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. Uh, can, Eileen, can we expect uh, Brian Dobson and co to be promoting this very well at the end of the six o'clock news every day? Uh, <laughs> I'm working on it, Jason. I'm working on it. Not too successfully as yet. Okay. Uh, we'll, Des, we'll Des, Cavill had it. Des Cavill did a piece on Saturday. I don't know if you heard it on Saturday no. sports after the rugby. It's it's the, because Michael McIntyre came to the launch. So he got interviewed with a lot. McCarthy. McCarthy. He got yeah. interviewed with a lot of the players. So it's worth going back and have a listen to it because you'll get some lovely quotes from the yeah. players who are there. Oh, I must do after the rugby on Saturday now. All there was to be done was dan- dancing around the house is all I was doing after the rugby I on Saturday. Know. So yeah. yeah, I didn't have uh, didn't have much else. Um, it's right I mean, at the end of the, yeah. of the recording on playback. Yeah, yeah, I must have a listen to it. Uh, what's the uptake going to be like, Eileen, out in Inishman? Oh, huge. <laughs> You've done your research, Jason, as well. I, I did. I... I um, I suppose I would be a fan. Eileen would be a, a nice way of saying it, and I, I had a, a linkling that there was a, the Gaelga was in there as well. I suppose been a primary school teacher, and I I spotted the spotted the link to Inishman as well. So um, I presume the sales will be will be massive out in Inishman. Be hopefully. Rocking. 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 Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I suppose I want to ask the two because I know I don't want to take up all your day, but where should the GA and global community go and purchase the book? Well, the book is available on our website that we've set up and dedicated to allstargazing.com. You can get it on .com or .ie. They're both connected, so you can purchase the book there. It's also available in all the bookshops, and we believe it's just landed in Eason's today. So at some stage this afternoon, I'm going to head into Eason's and have that moment where we see the book on the shelf. Oh, brilliant. I live near enough to an Eastern Sierra Mullingar, so I might uh, might pop down myself when I'm in town after. Mind you, but there's an independent one there too, isn't there? An independent bookshop. 
is uh oh there is just books yes yes there is a yeah. right across the road yeah i was trying to think there i was like what is today with them yeah they're right across the road i'll have to check out both actually just uh whichever one comes first on the street i'll pop into so is there yeah. anything else about the book that the person who is in essence and staring at the bookshelf at all the the ga books um what would in, what would you encourage or why would you encourage them to pick up the all-star gazing one because <laughs> it's fantastic yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it gives you such a breadth of, you know, from players from 50 years ago, right up to today's players and uh, just how the whole thing has changed and but how it has changed, but still remains the same. And the thing that we co keep coming back to GAA family, and it's actually about more than just the games. Brilliant. Thank you very much, ladies. I have to say a huge thanks for taking your time and I hope I haven't taking too much of your time myself but uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to both of you and i wish you every success with the book and anyone who's listening you will spot the cover a mile away because it stands out uh, completely different from anything else and i encourage anyone who has any interest in the ga to absolutely buy a copy of it you will be very thanked on christmas morning if you bought it for somebody i'm sure for for certain but uh eileen and moira i have to say a huge thank you and garamila magov and i will keep in touch with you guys and i hope the book goes so so well for you i wish you every success with it Thanks, Jason. We'll see you in Mullingar sometime. Anytime Indeed. you're down in Fox's Fruit and Veg, give me a shout. I'm always around. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Will do. Thank you, ladies. Sloan. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Sloan, take care. And you can find the All Star Gazing book celebrating 50 years of the All Stars at any good bookstore and at Eason's and at allstargazing.ie. Find the podcast on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on TikTok. Email loafofbreadpod at gmail.com or just simply hit the follow button and spread the word of the loaf of bread GA pod across the globe. Slonagy.